you have a dream of a pilgrimage or of nomads. It's hard to tell exactly where they are, but you were watching them, and they walk for far too long. And they seem weary. And there are four of them, as far as you can tell. And as they walk on this pilgrimage, the sky is always at their backs. They seem to walk on one hill, and it seems like maybe they're never moving forward, but that the sky is moving past them as they walk in place. One sits atop a large antlered beast with bells dangling beneath its jowls. And there is some sort of strange aura floating around the person on the back of this. There are tiny stones that are circling around them like moons. One person pulls a rope that pulls this strange beast with the bells dangling beneath it, and then two people walk on either side of them. And as they walk, the sky is still moving past them. It is a bright and it is a brilliant sky. And then the sky begins to separate. You can see the clouds moving, and as the clouds move, they darken. And as these clouds darken, you see a very strange mountain far in the distance. And then you see that mountain start to move. And you realize that it is an enormous body that takes up the entire horizon. And as it takes up the entire horizon, it takes up a sword. And it takes up this sword, and you see its head transform into this serpentine-like head. And it drives the sword into its own heart. And as it drives the sword into its own heart, you see this blood start to pour from its mouth. And that blood takes flight. And it grows wings. And it flies away and into these people. And as it passes over them, they all turn to stone and to dust and then into skeletons. And they're petrified in place. And you can see the moon sitting just behind the strange big head of this serpentine-like colossus that's sitting on the horizon. It's blood dripping down this enormous sword that is in front of it. And everything has gone still. The clouds don't move anymore. And those stones that were floating around the person, they seem to be tracing a circle around them. And then you see a really intricate aura come out of that. And then you wake up. Hey guys, I wanted to tell you this really funny story. Um, I think it's funny. You guys will hate it. Have you guys seen the video of Garth Brooks streaming when he gets his Facebook yes. for the first time? It's so fucking funny, dude. It's the really? most cringeworthy thing yeah, it's so you've weird. ever seen in your so life. So he, he's sitting there, and he's, he's just navigating his normal fucking Facebook and narrating it while he does it. And he goes, oh, all right. Hey, guys, it's me, Garth Brooks. I'm on Facebook now, so you guys can come on over here and friend me. We can all be friends. And, and he's like, oh, look at that. You can message your friends. I like that. <laughs> goes, and look at this. You can see a list of them, too. I like that. <laughs> he just keeps saying. Dude, the creepy thing like is that. on YouTube. It's, yeah, it's everywhere. I'm the sure. creepy thing is the, his like introduction video. He's like, when I first got told about Facebook, I was skeptical. But a friend <laughs> of mine told me guy. that it was really a conversation. I like that. He not when I talk the about time. when I think I about like stuff, that. I want to post on the internet. I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff. But this is just me. Sometimes it's going to be home life, and for me, I guess it's going to be <laughs> the hotel room. It's just the creepiest fucking shit. I mean, it's seriously like a monologue you'd hear right before you get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. I really wasn't sure about this at the start, but then a friend of mine said something that just made all kinds of sense. She said, think of it more as a conversation. I like that. What I'm already finding out on my own is that it's wiping the walls out between you and me, and I really like that. It allows us into each other's worlds, or I guess in my case, the hotel room. 
when I think about things I want to post, I want to post cool stuff, slick stuff, neat stuff. But most of the stuff I'm going to post is going to be raw stuff like this. Because it's just who I am. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Hey, do you guys want to play D&D? No. Nope. I'm ready to play D&D. Trisha Yearwood more. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> She ain't in no wine and roses. Bear just makes her turn up her nose and she you know what? can't stand the thought of sipping champagne. Do you know that Garth Brooks is not on Spotify, which I, this is not a joke, I think is a fucking tragedy. I can't listen to Thunder Rolls on my Spotify premium. It's some bullshit, I think. I was trying to listen to it the other day is why I'm so worked up about it right now. <laughs> That's it. You guys don't have to like Thunder I think, Rolls. And I, I don't know if this is true or not. But I'd somebody like to know what occasion yeah, made you yeah. want to listen you to You definitely it. know Thunder Rolls. Somebody told me that. I don't know if I do. Yes, you yeah. do. Oh my I don't know if I know. And the Thunder Rolls. And the lightning strikes. It's cold. On sleepless nights. And I like that. Oh, shit. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 54 of Hit Dice, America's favorite real play Dungeons and Dragons podcast where everybody's middle name is Brant. I'm your Dungeon Master, Wes. Brant Cordell. Hey guys, we're all level 7, we're in the elemental plane of air, and if you don't know why we're here, or you're just now tuning in, go to our website. The story so far is literally on there, and I'm done holding your hand and spoon feeding it to you. How's that sound? Head on over to DiceEnvy.com. What a trip, huh, everybody? You can go over there, they've got a shit ton of dice. I even just bought a new pair from them this uh, this week. I bought it for my new PC. I'm playing in a campaign, and I'm a wild magic sorcerer goblin named Toothpick, and I found the perfect fucking set of dice for him. It looks like a booger galaxy. And I love them. And I got 10% off of them because I entered the code HITDICEPOT at checkout. And you can do the same. That's it. Let's play some Dungeons & Dragons. I bought some Dice Envy baby dice. They're my first set of baby dice. And I rolled three goddamn nat 20s last That's session. True. And Caleb's are like a metallic gold. And they're really fucking awesome. I love them. They're cute, they're petite, and they roll really well. Especially I was hoping to rhyme paper. on that, but I couldn't think of anything. Mm-hmm. Look at the, just the way they cut that shit. Oh, I could have said yeah. treat. The, I'm also rolling Dice Envy Dice. This is my first set of Dice Envy Dice, and that I'm rolling them. Hey, so far so good. They're little mermaid colors. Yeah. Aww. They're purple and green, and they kind of remind me of my Eldritch Blast. 10% off of Eldritch Blast dies over at DiceEnvy.com. <laughs> hey, guys. I'm joined here tonight. I'm also rolling. Son of a bitch! <laughs> I've got two sets of my dice tray. I'm rolling dice envy dice. And I like that. <laughs> Dude, it's the, I quote it all the time in my car. I'll be driving down the interstate and someone will let me over and I'll go, I like that. <laughs> uh, it's one of my favorite fucking quotes. Being and I just told you guys by yourself. Yeah, I love being creepy, Garth. Oh, hey everybody! I'm joined by the five Brants. To my left, Brant number one, playing. My name is Brant Brant Brant, and I am playing guy on a buffalo who is a ranger slash fighter now, hmm. and doesn't have a fucking buffalo. What's the point? And is a human. Believe it or not. He's a human. Rachel. I like that. Watkins. <laughs> I was really looking forward to being brand number two, but I'll take it. I thought about doing it, but then I worried it would get confusing. It might, yeah. So, For sure. Someone yeah. listens the first time like, well, I'm fucking out. They're talking about Garth Brooks and no one has a name. <laughs> Welcome yeah. to the podcast, dummy. But whatever my name is, tonight I'll be Calista Astorio, the tiefling bard. <gasps> 
Nina. Larson. What a treat. What a treat. <laughs> what a treat. Do you guys remember Zaldo? Yeah. Uh, the Caleb who played Zaldo one time was just uh, really high. Yeah. <laughs> and was, That's the quickest and easiest way to get into this story. He, he was like getting some candy or something. He was like, what a treat. Yeah. No, we were sitting in the car. And he was, he was, so me and Nina were in the front and he was in the back and we got him some like sprees or Skittles or something. And he was super hot. And so he well, he wanted the candy so bad and he wouldn't open them. He like refused to open them until we got home. And I was like, just fucking open them and eat them. And so he opened them and you could hear the box like. And then he, you, you couldn't hear him, but you knew he put one in his mouth and just really quietly. He goes, what a treat. <laughs> Warlock. Yeah, we that for like a year. Yeah. Oh. Alan Dwayne The Rock Johnson Clark. I like Million Dollar Deals. Where's my pen? Bitch, I'm signing. Um, I'm playing Patches, the half elf thief rogue. And I'm your host and dungeon master, Wes Cordell. Let's get started. I don't think I forgot anybody. <laughs> Jonathan Gnong. Nice. And I'm playing Arwell Garrowan, the divination wizard. No. Tink, tink. Who has, Tink Tink, the, who has a Bring new best friend, Yenba, whose guest house you are currently staying inside of in a tiny planet on the elemental plane of air. You just had a really scary dream and everybody's awake. <gasps> Good morning. Aww. Good morning, my babies. Refreshed. It's morning. still morning and afternoon because <clears throat> you are in the elemental plane of air. You're on a strange small planet, much like King Kai's planet in Dragon Ball Z. You were suspended <laughs> in this weird free fall state and you have been told that an elemental stone of power, specifically one of air, is keeping this place afloat. Yenba is a small gnomish wizard who lives here. He does all of his research here. He has a super cool livestock farm that everybody was really impressed with. It is constantly sunrise and sunset on this plane. There are billowing clouds. There are wispy clouds. You can see the stars and the constellations in the sky. You can see the northern lights dancing on all of these things. You can see these beautiful nebula that are developing far past wherever you may be existing. And you wake up in this room with furniture that is three times too large, and it's like sleeping on the biggest, most comfortable pillow you've ever slept on mm. in your whole entire life. Mm. You just sink into this bed, and you wonder what the hell Yenba's doing with all this space just being so lonely. He told you all that you could ride his griffins, because you did ask specifically if you could ride his griffins, <laughs> if you delivered a letter to the Citadel of Ice and Steel. And here we are. Oh. <clears throat> I wake up screaming, I ain't even gonna touch another football till you renegotiate my bullshit contract. And then I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> the fuck was that all about? <laughs> Arwell had a weird dream, too. <laughs> I don't like that. Do you tell us about and your I weird like dream? I kind of figured I'd wake up early because I wanted to do that music box thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're over there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I kind of talked to everyone about it. Um, well, that's weird. Yeah, it Yeah, it was weird. Well, um, it would be cool. To me, it kind of felt like... That's what the tear fall was. Yeah, it's gonna huh. look like that. Oh. Kind of. It was just because when we were learning about the tear fall, it was one of the dragons sacrificed themselves, and all the blood dripping down were the dragons. So it kind of had that same kind of feel to it. I forgot about mm. that. That language that you said that was on it. You understand it, but it's just like a weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, language. it was the four elements surrounding that skull. Hmm. Which was, I guess, the dragon. It was, what was it? Colossus. Say, so, what kind of skull is it? It was, it was like a giant giant. It was a colossus. Of oh, a giant. it's the skull of that right? creature that you saw. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I know the tearfall kind of 
was in relation to the Titans. Yeah. With the dragons, yeah. their war against each other. So maybe it was the Titan. Maybe. And Titans are just really, really giant people. I, I, they're like so, the old gods. You guys, you guys, and you guys had learned this. Um, they're like the the gods before the gods. The gods were sort of created mm-hmm. out of them. Do you think the Titans are? We don't know anything about the Titans. Mm-mm. They're, they're working in. Well, I don't know. In the same way the dragons are. Do you think they're vying for the same thing? Gosh, I hope not. We can't stop both of those. <laughs> I, I fucking retire. Might as well just yeah. go home and... You could just stay here. Like, be yeah. hedonistic. I kind of like you here. Pick up smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Blow <laughs> <laughs> in the microwave. Flick your butts out into the sky and <laughs> yeah. watch them fly off. <laughs> they never quit going that direction. <laughs> yeah. so many fires. There's a lot of semen and cigarettes around this corner. <laughs> <laughs> when we Seems visit cool. Countess, is it Star Singer or Stargazer? Star Singer. Uh, Karn, Countess Star Singer. Star Singer. Um, we should ask her... She she's in Cloud City? No, no, she's right above us, like a mile up, mm-hmm. on our own little Cal- ball of cloud land castle. You want to go there first before we deliver the letter? I do. Totes. I think, I think we could idea. learn some really And at least good find out maybe even a dragon we could question. She might know somebody. Mm, she's a fortune teller. It'll be interesting. Anyway. Y'all want to um, roll some am- amino oh, handling? And she specifically knows about the elemental stones. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we got questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to straddle me that griffin. Get a grip on a griffin. Um, <laughs> get my grubby little mitts on that griffin. Cool. So. Grease up its feathers with my thighs. Then it just can't fly. Cool. I'll, I'll be finishing <laughs> like my music that. box. Okay, yeah, so you're finishing this music box. You've made so many that we're not going to roll for it. This okay. is like child's play for you at this point. Callista, you have a song that you were wanting to put into this thing? Yeah, I just I wrote a little song about... Um, a little ditty? Yeah, and it's about drawing similarities between... The cool things we're doing on the material plane and the cool things he's doing here to like be encouraging for him to listen to and okay. know that he'll, he has friends out there in the world. Are you guys, or is your plan to take this to him or are you like leaving it with like a note or um, something? I was going to take it to him. Well, I imagine he's going to have to introduce us to the Griffins. Yeah. We can't just walk up to them and take off. Like, Maybe. I was just <laughs> asking. Yeah, I don't totally. think we're just going to leave. I feel yeah. attacked. And so I don't know. It should... <laughs> I, def- I want to give it to him for sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I was imagining giving yeah. it to him. Where all are you walking to? Um, I was going to walk down to the kitchen. Yeah, or wherever we had the meal last night. Okay, yeah, you walk down to the kitchen. Breakfast. Your your plates are no longer on the table, and there are new plates, and there are new there's new drinkware set out, and it all seems very clean, very pristine. It smells like food in here. These plates have been set, but you don't see anybody directly in this place. Then you look over, and Yanba is wearing a Van Halen T-shirt, no pants, and he goes, "Oh, hey, here's your cab fare. <laughs> I made some coffee. I I gotta get to work, so." You just like, let yourself out. <laughs> hey, dude, if you told you guys to let yourself out, that'd be the best NPC I ever made. Lose my number. Um, <laughs> I'll go back to the workshop. Okay, yeah, as soon as you open the workshop, he's in here, and he is, like, just milling away. He's cool. working. It's hard to say if he even went to bed last night, gotcha. but he has, like, you can see him. There are, like, potion bottles, all ornate and different and beautiful with all of these glowing and interesting liquids and smells. You smell sulfur, you smell flowers, you smell grass, you smell water and dirt and they're just flowing in and out of each other from the ceiling to the floor and he's capturing some of them and he's lighting them on fire and as you walk in you see him look over to you and he removes these goggles that are like hilariously large Mm -hmm. on his head. You see his flat nose on his face. He has these big semi-pointed but rounded at the tip ears. His robes that are ornate and way too large for him. He has all these trinkets much like jewelry. They're just hanging from his wrist and his neck and his ears. He looks over to you with those big sleepy eyes, just sort of like his eyebrows are drooping over them and his hilariously large and long mustache. Oh, good morning, friends. 
Um, and all the gnomish rooms, like, good morning. Uh, uh, yes, I, I love when you talk to me uh, in, in gnomish. Um, I made you something for your generosity. And I hand him the music box. And we're like, I made you this morning. He takes this box and he says, What a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Well, I mean, I show what, is this, what is this yeah. dime store piece of shit? Yeah. <laughs> and I show him how it works. Yeah, and, and yeah, thank you. So you yeah. show him how it works and it starts to play this little melody and you just see this, like, you see his mustache lift up as he just smiles a little bit under it in gnomish. Uh, he says, many blessings to you. Yeah. I haven't received a gift in hundreds of years. And then I'll kind of like open it up very excited and be like, sometimes it messes up and you have to upkeep it. And I'll kind of like show him how to like fix yeah, it. And he's like very yeah, yeah, yeah. like adamantly okay. looking over you and, uh, and you think he has a, a good idea of okay. it. And he's like, I-, I will, I will cherish this. Awesome. I haven't heard music in my home other than the music that the chickens make or the, the beakers <laughs> clinking against one another make. And, I guess sometimes the, the Griffins, their sounds, they're yeah. musical in a sense, but no true songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate this very much. Absolutely. Your uh, workshop really is amazing. Do you sell potions and things out of here? I sell out to people with much more money than myself. I do research for myself and the things I'm interested in. And uh, uh, no, I don't make consumables for uh, the, the everyday okay. adventurer or merchant. Uh, nothing that you'd be interested in, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, unless you're interested in a, a, a potion of cloud kill, but what would you use that for? Mm. What does cloud it do? Cloud killing? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'm good. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, I figure that you would be the one who's interested in something with the word kill in the name. Mm. You're very spooky. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's, uh, you're welcome. It's <laughs> not unlike the clouds that you see here, but when you dive through it, you can't breathe. It takes over your respiratory system and... It burns your lungs, your blood. Oof. Not yeah. easy to make, though. Yeah. How much would you charge for something along those lines? For friends, for someone who made me a box of this stature, 2,500 gold pieces. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've been living in the forest a long time, so I don't have any money. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily need that. I kind of talked to the group. Just like, <clears throat> could we, I mean, do we want to... Yeah, we want it. Okay, yeah. I'll, that sounds badass. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Yimba. Um, and I can't, I'm 2,500 gold. Harwell goes, ooh, sorry, my bad. Do we want it? And Patrick's like, fuck yeah, what do you mean? <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, 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 no, no sorries. Okay, so Cloud Kale, you guys want me to read it to you? Yeah. Yeah. He would tell you this, but I'm just going to tell you. You create a 20-foot radius sphere of poisonous yellow-green fog centered on a point you choose within range, which is 120 it's feet. It's a 20-foot sphere of cat pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The fog spreads around corners. It lasts for the duration or until a strong wind disperses it. When a creature enters the spell's area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn in here, that creature must make a constitution saving throw. The creature takes 5d8 poison damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. Creatures are affected even if they hold their breath or do not need to breathe. The fog moves 10 feet away from you at the start of each turn, rolling along the surface of the ground. The vapors, being heavier than air, sink to the lowest level of the land, even pouring down openings. Cool. Cool. Damn. Yeah. I yeah. put my crew so buffalo you, you drawing. So you over 2,500 gold. Yeah. How do you take, whose who's, who's stash are we taking this away from? Mine. Do you have that much gold? Oh, yeah, I have a lot more. What? I haven't, yeah. I haven't I'm, had to use her much. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. How I is this? <laughs> I you guys I are rich. I spent all my money on, like, I what did I spend my money on? Shoes and a horse, maybe? <laughs> maybe. That's what I spent my money on. Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I only have a thousand. We've, uh, we've been... Oh, you remember dinner? Dinner was a good horse. He was a good horse. And a good meal. So you guys buy this from him, and he says, that's that's half 
a discount and and for your company really appreciate it uh, for the things you've made me it's the least i can do now um and he sets a couple of things down he grabs one beaker with like these strange long tongs Mm -hmm. and as they touch it you can see this the metal on the end of them heat up to like red hot and he sets the beaker over to the side and he allows it to cool and you can see the steam coming out from beneath it and you can hear all the like chickens like like as he's doing it and all the cows are like like really tiny and in the distance and there's just like a really cool little farm up on the wall and then he's like "Uh, i suppose it's time i introduced you to the griffins i have much work to do today Sounds great. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so as he says this, uh, he walks out of the workshop and he works. He walks into the audience chamber where you all first saw him. You see that lapis lazuli hanging around this entire place, lighting it brightly. You see the tiles on the floor are blue like sky. There are these murals all around it of cloud giants, of silver dragons, of clouds. And you see that there's like a throne in the middle of it. And it's covered in all of these beautiful gems. And there is a staircase that wraps up and around and behind it. And he begins to ascend Mm -hmm. those stairs. And as he's walking up the stairs, he just says, come with me, friends. And you can see his robes just draped behind him on those stairs as he's walking up. All of his trinkets are clinking. And as he does this, he just reaches into his mouth really, really quickly and goes, (sighs) just like a really little one. He doesn't like blow your eardrums out with it or theirs. It's just like a really creepy little whistle that comes out. And then you can hear like... Something up top, like wind passing through something. And you can hear like these squawks and these growls coming up from the top. And you see this light pouring in. And he walks up. And as you all follow him, you see these griffins. They're like pruning, like they're big, beautiful wings are over them. And they're like pruning them with their beaks. They're like picking at them really quickly and looking at you with the side of their eyes. You see that they have these lion-like bodies. Except they have really interesting prints on them. It's not just this like sand brown it seems like it's almost like this cheetah print got sort of stretched out over their skin and they have these big wings that look like parrots wings they have red and blue and yellow feathers and their beaks are brilliant yellow and they just have these sharp eyes that are looking at all of you and these big feline like claws and as they're looking at you can hear them like like chirping and stuff and you see gumble come out like as he sees them gumble like climbs up out of patch's armor and he's like looking at them and when he sees them he's like He just, like, hisses out at all of these things. And you can see them all, like, looking toward Gumble. And they're getting restless, and they're, like, snapping at each other with their big beeps and their beeps. Beeps. And they're (laughs) beep, beep. And they're pruning their feathers. And you can see all of these beautiful feathers lying all around them and these nests that they seem to have made themselves out of these, like, beautiful cloths that are really brilliant. They're vibrant. And Yenba just says, all yours. Give me just a moment. And he walks up to each one of you and he grabs your wrist and he walks you over to a griffin and he holds your hand up to their beak. And they they like they you can see them like pull back really quickly. And he holds his hand up to their beak and he does this for every single one of you, at every single one of these griffins. And as he touches your hand while he's holding your wrist, he touches it to their beak. And then you see their like feathers are bristled up and they're really big, but then they like slowly fall back down. And he pull he grabs the sharp part of their beak. They could like very easily pierce his hand with it, but he pulls it down and they just nuzzle their beaks into your outstretched palms. And as they do for each one of you, they fold their wing down onto the ground so that you can mount their backs. I do so. So cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you're all mounted up on your yeah. griffins. Yumba, how do they feel about their feathers being collected? Would they be offended? Like the um, ones that have fallen out, I'm not plucking one. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, one. the feathers on the ground. Help yourselves, I, I suppose. Okay. They're beautiful. Yes, they are. And okay. he still has that one behind I'm his I'm a ear. bit of a performer, so I, I yeah. would love a costume. <laughs> he has this yeah, like red covers. feather. <laughs> hey. I'm thinking the full Vegas thing with the big thing yeah. behind me in the dress. Do you want to collect some feathers? Some fans. Yeah. Okay. Before I get on, um, I'm going to like stuff as many in my bag as I okay. can. Let's say, that you get, <laughs> I mean, uh, let's say you get five of each color. Okay. Um, and these feathers are 
uh, they're they're sizable. You know, they're about like a foot and a half, two feet long. I'm gonna write ginormous tropical griffin feathers on my works inventory. You got five red, five blue, and five yellow. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I my dragon scale bikini. You guys are all on griffins now, and I like that. I left my buffalo drawing uh, on his freezer door. <laughs> you like put it on his yeah. the freezer where you got the meat from? Yeah. Okay. Is it bad or is it good? It looks like a kid drew it. Okay. Yeah, it's like kind of shitty. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now, so you guys are all mounted on these griffins, and uh, he says, be kind to them. It, 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 if you can speak to them uh, telepathically like your, your strange buffalo friend, uh, feel free to. I'm sure they would enjoy the conversation. But um, see them well. They mean much to me. Yeah. Well, um, what's mine's name? Oh, I have not named them. Oh, okay. These beasts are free. They come to me because they choose to. They allow you to ride them because they choose to. I love that. Guy, you should ask what their names are. I am going to name mine Prince Ellsworth of Font Castle. I'm naming mine Brant. Nice! <laughs> Brant, too! <laughs> Meanwhile, I think you should still ask them what their names actually are. I could blow a spell slot, but I can only talk to one. Well, never mind. Oh, really? I thought it was just a thing you mm. could do. Hmm. In lieu of that, I just leaned down. I'm like, oh. hi, what's your name? It's nice to meet you. Yeah, I'd like to kind of, <laughs> like of coo to the griffin and, and put a, a stern but gentle hand and just stroke the top of its head. Yeah, and you see, it, you see its feathers like mm-hmm. perk up and it's like just like a dog or some other beast. You see it like crane its neck toward the place where it's like trying to lead your hand to where it wants to be scratched. When you get right behind its ear, it's just like... I do all that <laughs> shit. I give him all the goods. Yeah, he loves them back ear scratches. Do we have the message? Yeah, you all have the envelope. Uh, it, it has a wax seal on the back of it, mm-hmm. and it is completely sealed in this very fine parchment. But you can see that the wax is burned into it. It is keeping it sealed closed. There is no name on the front of it. You just he said if a, we give it to anybody other than yeah, he said Vince and for, Catherine, they're yeah. going to read it before they give it to Right. Him. He so said Vince should be the only one who reads it, period, mm-hmm. and that if you give it to anyone else, they will read it before they deliver it because he's noble, and so they have to check the envelope. Yeah. Gotcha. Actually, I have an idea for that. Do you all mind if I carry it? No, no. Okay. Anthrax. Yeah, anthrax for sure. It is, yeah. I'm going to poison everybody. <laughs> we could open it and read it and press to digitate the wax seal back on. No, Why are we going to read it? personal business. Okay. <sighs> I'm just so curious. Yeah, me too. All three of us. If it's going to be smut, I really want to read it. It's a crudely drawn <laughs> dick. It's, it's, yeah, it's sexting. <laughs> <laughs> I've flown you a sex says, via griffin back. <laughs> Oh, like more, are you wearing with just the more penis illustrations. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Sliding into my DMs. <laughs> yan ba, yan ba. Um, do we close just, enough? What can I help? Do you we with? just fly <laughs> north, straight up, to get to yeah, the castle? Yeah, points up, and you see this big cloud. It, it's, I mean, it's like covering almost the whole expanse of the sky above you. And he's like. Yes, just straight up there. How do you uh, direct the griffins? Do they know where to go, or do we tell them? Like, what? What? How do we Think ride of the these feathers things? on the back of their heads like reins? Oh. Okay. Speaking of directions, I don't know why I didn't think to ask this until just now. If we happen to find ourselves out in the air and accidentally separated from our griffin, how do we direct our motion and stop sure. and start and? stuff navigating <laughs> yeah. I forget you're from the material plane I wish yeah. I had provided you with more information familiar to us yes of course uh, an excellent question and um, 
if you if you desire to land on a well, I suppose n- none of you have the ability to fly yourselves, except for your small friend here. Well, sort I of. can for a time magically, but not well, all the time. Uh, flying here is the best way to get around. Uh, you can go any direction you want, but mostly if you're about to land somewhere and you find yourself off of a griffin, just will your direction to be different uh, mere feet before you hit the ground and then reverse that and you'll land safely. Uh, not a good way to go, and I'm sure it'll make you sick, but uh, you'll land safely, nonetheless. Uh, if you find yourself separated from the griffins, show them a bright red light. They'll come to you. Hmm. And when you're ready to come home, show them a bright blue light. And they'll return you here. Okay. Okay. Um, also, from Countess's uh, place, mm-hmm. uh, where do we go to... Do the, Griffins know the way to the fortress or the citadel? No, the citadel of ice and steel is, uh, well, two days, any points, he's like, that way. Okay. Um, It's tricky, though. That place is, it's constantly in free fall. Um, It doesn't, it's not suspended like my home. It falls forever. So you'll have to find the place it is falling and hopefully capture it. Sometimes it... Uh, falls up, sometimes down, sometimes to the side, but normally in the same place. It is the king's will that does this. Um, it's good for his people, and as long as they're training to fight, when they're on steady ground, they have the advantage when they are used to fighting in such a tumultuous space. You can imagine. Would locate object be able to work on a building? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> you said um, bright red to summon them. What was blue? blue to go home. To go home. When they were uh, coming in, he shot a bright blue flare or something like it up into the sky. Got it. Mm-hmm. And you could see like the smoke trailing off of it and this brilliant blue light just like emanating off of it. And they all landed uh, on the top yeah, of this place. That'll be easy enough. I'm renaming my griffin Olafub, which is buffalo backwards. I love it. Guy on an Olafub. I'm a guy on an Olafub. And I uh, just kind of click my heels a little Yo. bit on its haunches and go, Ride, Olafub. And it's like, <laughs> and I roll back a little bit. Yeah. You guys see this thing run toward the edge of this and it jumps off and it dives down and you feel this wind pushing past you. And then its enormous wings just they fly out and you just see this thing catch. And guy just like takes off up into the sky, and with like the sunset and the sunrise hitting its wings, you just see them glistening beautifully. As guys just like shooting so straight up cool. into the sky. Thanks for everything, Yanba. You're welcome. We'll bring your griffins back in one piece, so you can make them small and farm them and milk their titties or whatever. Yeah, you and do. he's like, I can't really too far <laughs> Sorry, I creeped you out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bid him farewell in Nomish and be like, see you soon. Okay. Arwell's out. Okay. Yeah, we follow. Okay. All five, is everybody gone? You all are flying together with these griffins. They're going straight up, but you notice that you don't feel like if you let go, you don't feel like you would just fall off of them. The way that the that space and gravity work in this place, you're just able to like sit on them comfortably. Like we're sitting in these chairs now, even though they're going straight up, you don't feel like you're going to fall off of them. And as they are taking you up to this place, you're very comfortably sitting on them and it does not take long for them to travel the distance of this mile straight up. Um, it actually only takes like a few minutes As you get to this place, you rise through this cloud, and you can feel the cold slush of it. Your vision is completely blurred as these griffins all fly through it. And as you come through it, you come up and over this really intricate tower. And on this tower, you notice that there are four pieces on it. There are 
two side towers and then one that rises up in the middle of those, a small bridge that goes from those two back to another, and they all sit on their own clouds. That bridge is not on the same base as those. It actually is floating above, and there's a small cloud below it. And all the disks on the top of those towers, there seem to be observatories and grass all around those on the tops. You can see one single tower that rises even above the midmost tower, and it comes to a sharp point, and there are lights on in this entire place as you all are floating above it on your griffins. I was just looking to see if there was, like, a good place to land the griffins. Yeah, I mean, there are these grassy... Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there's... Let's say that there's... As you're looking at it, there is a central tower. There are two pseudo-towers that sit on either side of it, mm-hmm. and then just behind it, there are, like, these two little bitty towers that sit on this... Strange landing with a bridge that attaches oh, to the rest. Okay. Central tower. Is there anything that looks like a main entrance? You could roll a perception. perception. Okay, I'm not very good at that, but I'll try. <laughs> oh, Jesus, is there one? No, I rolled a three, and it's a minus one, so two. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're not really know. sure. You Where do notice we... that the three innermost towers have grass mm-hmm. on the top of them, but the two on the side seem to have two observatories mm-hmm. that are sitting on the top of them. Can I circle around with my griffin and see if I see an mm-hmm. entrance-like thing and roll perception as well? Yeah, sure. 17. Yeah, with the 17, as you were running around this place, you look down and you do see on, like, the rightmost tower that there is this enormous figure that walks out of one of these big glass domes and is just looking up at the sky to all of you. Oh. I would just like to instruct the, my griffin to just kind of land, you know, 15 yards out in front of the thing and just... Sure. I would like to speak out to this person. Is it a giant that I can tell? It's definitely a giant. I speak out in she giant. very big. I say in giant... Um, we are seeking Countess Starsinger. Is this uh, obviously a woman? Yes. And I say, are you this person? Yeah. And she looks over to you and to give you a brief description of her, she has charcoal black skin. Her eyes are completely white and her hair looks like the Milky Way as it falls behind her and it glows. And as she is sitting here looking at you, you can just see it all glowing around her and you can see these tiny dots, these tiny white dots just slowly revolving around the back of her. She wears a jet black dress that has gold trimming on the sleeves and she has some sort of emblem etched into her head that is also golden. And she has these dotted golden necklaces that are all around her. So this jet black dress and these like small white dots floating around her. And as she looks back in giant, she says, I'm not used to small people speaking giant. And even with her soft voice, it's still like, it still like shakes your chest. And she says, Welcome to my home. I am Countess Star Singer Gwenum Jin. But to someone who speaks giant, you can call me Gwen. Absolutely, Gwen. Yeah, we all land. <laughs> yeah, so you all land. <laughs> all right, this is a rooftop garden. It has a lush green lawn dotted with trees and piles of rocks that it seems like uh, have no real purpose. The rocks just seem to sort of be stacked up and everywhere. As you all land on this, you see how soft the grass is. There's nothing fake about it. The soil seems deep and rich underneath your griffin's claws and paws. And as you jump off, you feel that lush grass up and under you. The air here is clean and cool and refreshing. And as you are sitting here, you notice this big glass dome that is sitting right beside her and you all. You see the same woman who I have described, and she bows very gently to all of you. And she says... As she's, like, standing in this greenery, you see this other tower rising up beside her. You can't really see on the top of it, a small tower on top of it. 
and then the elemental plane of air sort of just stretching out all around you. And she just says, So many tiny folk. And what brings you to my home? And for what it's worth, she stands about 25 feet tall. She is super big. Um, in comparison to, like, my frost giant friend, Marika, yeah. She stands much taller than Marika. Yeah, like doubly tall? Yeah, like doubly tall. Cool. That's a huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> She's um, like, neato. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, too spigolo reference. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see. I, I see you're a man of taste. <laughs> I'd like to say Adelaide, uh, mistress, or... Uh, <laughs> Let me try that again. She's like, easy. <laughs> Adelaide, mistress of Oriel, friend of giants, it's nice to meet you. I enjoy your home very much. I take great pride in my home. My family lives here. And many people come to me for my star maps, my gazing. I don't just see into stars, but also into souls. And who are the other three souls you have brought with you? I'm Patches, and I don't feel like I'm that little. Pretty average height. I'm average height. <laughs> She's like, I have heard that six feet is an average height. <laughs> Although I am five times that. <laughs> Shrimp. Shrimp. And she very patiently, like, you can see her glowing white hair just wisping behind her as if a, wind, a slow wind is always blowing it. And just these tiny dots constantly revolving around her. Um, just a quick memory check from my dream the night before. Mm-hmm. Do those look similar to the dots that were circling the uh, rolling person, the dream? Yeah. These are hard to read. <laughs> right? that's an eight. Yeah. No, that's a three. Is that a three or an eight? Who can say? What? <laughs> Let's see. Who 13 or an eight. Say what the dice says. Plus our Twenty-six. Twenty-six? Twenty-six. Okay. <laughs> I thought you said three, so I was just surprised. Well, it, was, it was a 13 or an 18. But oh, okay, yeah. got it. It was an 18. Oh, three or, got it. Um, yeah, so you think that it looks exactly like what was floating around that person's head. Um, and uh, with a, it was a 26. Yeah, you, you would recognize like, oh, these are supposed to represent stars that are okay. floating around her. And she's like, in glass. And Callista bows back to her, sort of echoing the motion from when she bowed to us. Yeah. I'm Callista Astorio. It's a pleasure. And she reaches back, and you see one of those white dots, and she touches it. And as she touches it, it glows brightly, and she pulls this very vivid white line from one dot to the next, and she draws a strange constellation that almost looks like this long form with a small midsection and then a head on the end of it. And as she draws this, she says... Have you come to have your fortunes read? Mm. To see if the stars align for you? We've uh, come for many reasons, yeah. but that wouldn't hurt. <laughs> we definitely did. And um, we were instructed to come here by our friend, Yanba, down the road. <laughs> your neighbor. Down the air road. After fortune telling time, if you're interested in doing that, um, I, I had another matter I wish to speak with you about. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, we actually specifically came to talk to you about elemental stones. I can help you with all of these subjects. Thank you. I give her kind of the bow that she gave us. You understand I am supporting my family that this all comes at a price. Um, How much gold for... that you seek or favors? Gold, unless you can give me a specific favor, but I doubt that very much. If you've come to buy store maps, I... 
regret to inform you that mine have not been as accurate as late. Something I am still attempting to work on. Would you know why? I am deeply disturbed by this, to say the least. I'm worried. It is my own ability that inhibits me. But in reality, I suspect one of my telescopes is off. Oh. It may need maintenance, and the original creator has since passed away. Um, I'm pretty good with mechanical objects, and I'm a diviner myself. And then she turns, and as she turns, you see her sleeves wisping, almost like ethereal ghost-like as she moves. You can see her hair moving behind her, and she says, Step into my observatory. And as she does, this constellation she drew fades away, and those stars begin rotating around her. You can see her hair blowing behind her and wrapping up and around her, and you can see the gold on her sleeves waving. And as she walks into this place, she opens an enormous door that none of you with your own strength could probably ever open, and you definitely couldn't reach the handle of. She walks into this place, and she walks in, and you see this huge brass telescope that is just, like, pointed out into the sky. Um, I just go over kind of and start inspecting it and be like, this is amazing work. Can you get to what you need to, Arwen? I'm pretty little. Professor, I can help you. <laughs> I was going to say, if you... I can even just crawl in, maybe. Would like to... <laughs> if you'd like to be able to, like, maybe yeah, yeah, fly maybe. up to it or something. Possibly. We'll see if that's needed. Or she can so, even pick me up or something. This telescope is bolted to the battlement of several telescopes, actually. It looks like they're much smaller. And this telescope looks like it weighs... Uh, about half a ton. Um, it consists of a 20-foot-long bronze body fitted with transparent crystal magnifying lenses. The telescope is mounted on steel braces around these other smaller telescopes, and it looks like those steel braces are meant so that it can be turned to look at different angles and directions, including up or down at 60 degrees. Okay, awesome. Um, is there... I guess I'll just start investigating it and just looking for any, like... Sure. I think it's intelligence and proficiency. Okay. Yeah, because if you're proficient in Tinker's tools, if you're using them, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, So intelligence plus proficiency? Right. Okay. So am I tinkering or am I just kind of investigating right now? You're investigating. So so just investigating, okay. Like, yeah, if anything is wrong with it. Can I assist him? Yeah, of course. So you'll roll the d6 and add it to... Sure. I'd be like, professor, I think maybe over over there? Mm -hmm. Hmm. He goes, hmm. Plus three. (laughs) Alright, so investigation. Can I cast a spell on Arwell before he does this? Sure. Um, I'm just gonna walk over and um, put a hand on his sh- shoulder and be like, Arwell, this you were made for this challenge, and I'm gonna cast enhance ability. <laughs> enhance space ability. Enhance space ability. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I'm ca- going to grant you Fox's cunning, which is um, cat checks. piss all over Caleb's yeah, basement. <laughs> It's like, can I cast something on our on our world? Yeah, um, I'd just like to cast poison. (laughs) (laughs) So with advantage and her plus three, so twenty-five. Woo! So you get in here, you realize that though these crystals look like they are in perfectly fitted spaces, you may need to crawl further up on here, but you realize that these crystals bend light so that you can see perfectly through this lens. And you think a few of them are just not turned exactly the right way. The way that they're refracting light seems to warp it just mm-hmm. a little bit. And though there are certainly a few gears that you need to turn to yeah. turn those things, you notice the inside of the telescope, as you turn it, the gears will automatically, it's a very intricate piece of machinery. The gears, as you turn it to a different angle, will actually automatically, as they turn, turn the crystals to wherever they're aiming so that they're lined up right. and they're refracting that light perfectly. You think that two of the crystals, oh, one nice. in the middle and one near the bottom, are not perfectly in sync and they just okay. need to be turned 
ever so slightly. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to just kind of tell her about this, and I'll get on my tinkerer's tools and be like, do you mind if I try to fix it? She says, Not only do I not mind if you fix it, but I will reward you heavily if you are able to. I've only just met you, and if my telescope is in disrepair, you will ruin my entire estate. Um, I feel strong about this. And, and she just gestures out. Yeah, Come on, out. Professor. We're up to an hour. <laughs> you're the best tinker I know. <laughs> Annalyn's like, look here, you're number one. She just has a foam finger that says Arwell on it. <laughs> uh, My mage hand yes. just says number one on it. <laughs> Missing this one, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. 25. Again? So, Arwell, you get up, and you, you, go, you like are ready. You have all your tools out, and you realize that this is a simple job. And I think that you would, mm, I don't want to flavor it for you, but I think that you may find satisfaction in, such a simple fix that no one has noticed on such an intricate piece of machinery mm-hmm. and how such a slight turn in something can ruin an entire piece of machinery this intricate. Yeah. And so uh, you get up there totally. and you very carefully turn it. And I mean, that angle is like it's ever so slight. It's yeah. minuscule and you just fucking nail it. And I do. I kind of <laughs> get down and I'm talking to the countess and mm-hmm. she's like, it's so funny how engineering is so similar to telling the future. One small difference makes all the change. And she puts a horrifyingly large hand, like, around I'm, you. like, a size of her yeah. pinky. No, really, her whole hand is around <laughs> She's, like, trying to comfort you, but it, like, is probably still, like, please don't kill me. Um, but she puts it around you, and she well, says... It comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a booger whistle. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she just says... You know much for someone so small. Just goes to show. Statue isn't everything. You have fixed my telescope. My star maps. I can begin making again. Much nobility seek after them. I'm happy to reward you with any knowledge I may give. And in addition to that, I think 3,000 gold pieces sounds fair. Thanks. They're yours, Arwell. Thank you. We'll pay for so my cloud kill. Yeah, I was going to say, buy more spell. potions. I would offer you use of my griffins, but if you have yen bars, mine pale in comparison. Mm. <laughs> His are pretty amazing specimens, aren't they? I would stuff them and put them on my mantle, would he let me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to hold this. Maybe when one dies of natural causes. <laughs> and she looks over at you and, like, eat with her big starry eye. She's like, I, I mean, wink I'll, when I say natural. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll run across some natural causes. Yeah. Right. Bye, bye, this Brant. one's dead. <laughs> I'll totally kill his griffin if you want to pay me to do it. <laughs> That's just like, I want some gold, too. It's totally griffin naturally got murdered. was naturally stabbed in the neck. <laughs> Poor Brant. Yeah, so she she, she looks, through, she looks through the telescope, and yeah, Brant the griffin's out there like, Mah. but she looks through the telescope, and it's crystal clear. Arwell, you're looking through it, too, and... What's really strange is it sees past all this light pollution that's coming from the sunrise and the sunset, and it sees straight into some strange cosmos that doesn't seem like it exists outside of this because you guys fell for a long time and didn't see an edge. And Yimba more or less told you that this place is infinite, but looking through this, you can see these beautiful stars, these constellations that are all around you, these nebula that are forming, these big gaseous clouds that are like in the universe all around this place. And as she looks into it, you just see like her calm demeanor, just like this smile, this very content smile crack across her face. And she looks back to you and says, You all are always welcome in my home. And you may all call me Gwen because only my friends call me Gwen. Friends? 
so nice to have more friends. Adelaide opens her notebook. Friends list again. Besides, like, like multiple pages of the kill list. Yeah, right. Yeah. Brant is the newest one on there. List out and it, like hits the ground and rolls down. It's yeah. just like, <laughs> hit list. Um, what brings you to my estate? Well, Gwen, uh, we're looking for an elemental stone of air. You see, like her eyes glow brightly, and she's like, "Not an easy thing to come by." No, I uh, wasn't expecting it to be. By way of explanation, um, let us tell you the story of how we've come to be here and why. And so I sort of lay it all out for her in my usual play the epic so far on the loot thing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, okay, I heard this fucking song again. <laughs> all of you were like, yes, I like it. Just, I start, like, <laughs> yeah, so, Callista, so Callista plays her loot. Every, every time I you like hear that. it, though, I've changed a little bit of something. She's always like, wait, we got to listen to see what she's done, what she took out this time. She took my part out? No? Okay, good. As long as Zaldo's nice still editing. in it, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, totally so is. Callista, you tell her this whole story, and she listens patiently. And you can see her looking up to the sky as you do. And very slowly, these some of these stars that are floating behind her start to connect themselves. And as, she, as they do, she goes, as she is looking. And you finish telling your story, and she looks out to all of you. A beautiful piece. Are you ready for your fortune? I was hoping uh-huh. it would inspire yeah. such. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. yes. So she, she closes Probably her. Probably not. She, <laughs> she, she reaches her horrifyingly large hands out. And she says, everyone now. I give oh, my yes. grubby little mitt. <laughs> Everybody give her holds hands. hands. We're all oh, holding hands. And, uh, as you hold her hands, no, you no, all are <laughs> you're pulled away from this place. And you can hear her voice in this void. Black. And you all see this void. It's just black, pitch black. You can't see in front of you. And then she says, and white. And you just see this bright, brilliant color cut through it, almost in like this checkered pattern. Almost like it's fighting against each other constantly. As they break apart, so too the true colors that make them. And you see these black and these white voids meshing into each other, and you see these colors starting to blend as they do. And she says as you see these colors, Beautiful as a spring bird. But when they are reunited... And you see all of these colors floating all around you, all in this space, almost as if you're standing in this void with her. And you can see these beautiful purples and these beautiful yellows, and all of those things fade away. And now you are only seeing red and blue and black and white. But when they are reunited, only the red remains. And then you see all these colors pull it together quickly. You can feel it. And then everything has this rose, deep, crimson red on it. Your bodies in the entire void that is all around you. It coats everything that was not held close enough. And then you all are pulled out of it and you're back in this garden and you can hear these birds chirping and these griffins pruning themselves and they're like picking at their feathers and squawking. And she says, A disturbing fortune. Mm. What do you all make of it? Oh, I'm pretty used to disturbing. That sounds about right. You are pretty spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I tell her my dream in total from last night. A fellow star reader. I don't know about stars, but I, I've had this since I can remember, and I, I'm slowly learning to use it. My advice to you would be to consider what those things mean specifically to you. There are often answers in the abstract. Truths that we are not realizing or answers 
we could not find ourselves. Thank you. And on the dragon front, something else I may be able to help you with after all. Wait here. And she leaves you all. Um, what I'll talk we, to y'all, but I'm going to look through the telescope. What did we do with the redstone? The Is blacksmith still, still has it. Yeah. yeah. We uh, yeah. told a cleric of some person to run to him That's and tell him to get out true. of the city. Oh, it was not held close enough. Mm. Shit. We Maybe. may have lost that one. I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah, let's go back to the elemental plane of fire. That sounds so great. Oh, no. <laughs> that was such a, a fucking shit show. <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the climate there, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel confident I mean, that we're going to get the elemental of air here. Almost yeah. I have the one of earth on me. And when we, when we get the opportunity, we need to talk to some metallic dragons. Yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. We Absolutely. do need to. I yeah. wonder if one of them, with their better lawful intentions, were the one to actually activate it before the chromatics could do it, if the outcome would be different. Dragons that would mm-hmm. be able to start the deer fall would probably know how to stop it. They're probably smarter than us. I don't yeah. know. Maybe. They've been around a little while. <laughs> I think there are a lot of beings that are smarter than us. What if we, they like, I don't know, like started... The ritual and then disrupted it if it would be see that's what i was kind of thinking about that um that altar thing down there that was under the ocean Mm -hmm. if i think we have to go there i think we do and i was was i was wondering if if we put all the stones in the altar and then it kind of activated whatever thing and then Mm -hmm. in the middle of that we just had my uh giant friend just storm destroy the fucking thing i feel like maybe i don't know those are going to play a part in this as well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if giants and dragons apparently don't get along very well, but... Maybe. Yeah. They'd probably be w- willing to fuck some dragons up, which would yeah. make things a lot easier for us. Especially if uh, Gwen here has some friends. They seem like some yeah, big, strong motherfuckers. on this plane, maybe we can get them onto the material plane. Maybe yeah. they've got yeah. connections. Maybe we just ride back in the material plane on the um, back of a metallic fucking dragon. I mean, maybe we <laughs> could tell them about kind of like the plight of Zizarth and what Unit Disasters did to him. <clears throat> yeah. So they might know if that. they don't want to do it, we could easily persuade them if we tell them what we think Unit Disasters is going to do. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of all that, how are we getting back? Um, yeah, sure I feel like we out. can, I, I feel confident. If Gwen doesn't know, Yimba might. At Somebody at the, nice at the Citadel here. probably would be able to tell us. Because Yimba even said kind of that he would be able to help or talk, give us the elemental stone of air, but yeah. not for like a favor he was asking right now. Yeah. Right. So we it have options. It didn't seem like he was willing to get mm-hmm. the stone up, but I'm still. Hey, we'll figure it out. We'll wing it. <laughs> It'll be a flying. breeze. Oh. <laughs> That's a yeah, pun, but, and I like I'm that. I'm so <laughs> overthinking <laughs> my dream, but I really feel like like titans are gonna. I don't know. I'm I just, fascinated by the symbolism. Wait, are are titans and giants at all related? It was just mm. gods, right? And those are kind of the old gods. They well, Gwen seems pretty cosmic, and she's like a giant fucking crazy cosmic god-looking thing. If anybody's going to know a titan, she might know where to go to find one. Well, I'm definitely... We we should all pick our brain about the tear fall and Mm. the elements coming together and what that might cause. Absolutely. Yeah, we should see what she knows, if she knows anything of it. And if she can bring Buffalo back to life and give him wings. Mm -hmm. And then he can fly around. Do you all notice as you've been talking that she's just been standing outside of this observatory, like very patiently waiting on you to finish your conversation? Oh. Oh. 
Well, we're not finished with the conversation yet. No. Right. No. She's being patient. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, hi, Gwen. Yeah, she steps in. She hunkers under this thing, which is, like, way too big for any living being to ever be hunkering down underneath. <laughs> so she, like, comes up and under this thing, and she says, One more thing to help. And she holds this mask out, and it is very small in her hands. Calista is immediately intrigued. You can see the string <laughs> hanging down behind it, and it is a mask that looks like what I can only describe as a traditional storm giant's face. And she leans down, and as she does, you can hear this, like, as she leans down to you all, and she holds this small mask out. I believe this will help you. Yeah, she drops it, and whoever's hand wants to pick it up. Callista's. Yeah, Callista's. Yeah. yeah. She <laughs> says, Giants. And as she says giants, she stands, and you see mm-hmm. her just towering above mm-hmm. all of you. And she, and she holds another hand out, and she says, And dragons. And as she says giants, you see this humanoid constellation forming of the dots that are around her. And when she says dragons, you see this serpentine one with a strange head on it. Always butting heads. This mask can be used once and only once. Whoever wears this mask can disrupt a dragon's ability to fly. You must be within 100 feet of it. And it's not guaranteed to work. But if you were to be fighting one, it would give you great advantages. A magic my people have worked on for many years. Thank you. Hmm. And it needs to make a charisma save of 15 or greater. (laughs) (laughs) Charisma? What is that? (laughs) Dragons are pretty charismatic, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, they are. Oh, Um, fuck. I can maybe help with that. Yep. So, Gwen... um, You've helped us uh, w- with a lot, and thank you so much for the mask. We got, like, a ton of stuff we kind of need to talk to you about or, or get your guidance on. Who wants the lead? I will. So. <laughs> I'll keep going. Number n- n- number one. Number you one. The PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. um, first things first. Um, <laughs> I'm going to selfishly just get this out of the way because I'm trying to figure this out. Um, my best friend is a buffalo who's also my dad, and he's dead, so he's a walking skeleton right now, and I'm trying to find somebody that can cast a greater restoration spell on him and bring him back to life. I would potentially need that in the form of a scroll or something because he gone. You know what? I uh, I might be able to help you with that once we get back to the material. Your cleric buddy that you keep beating up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the broken not, leg not guy. Oh, the one you keep yeah, like yeah. FaceTiming with. Yeah. Um I mean, I'm good with anything. With but whatever. I mean she may be able to do something yeah. more easily. You all have big destiny energy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cross stitch that shit. Yes. Um, Love it. BDE. And if your friend has an answer. Often when the stars align, it is the correct path to take. I could help you, but if someone you are close to can, perhaps that is the easiest path. Heard that? Big Destiny Energy. Next on the list of That'll shit. be the name of this episode. Big, Big Destiny, Destiny Energy. Energy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, do you happen to know anything about uh, Titans or what they are, what form they take, or if there's 
existing titans now and do you know them and do you talk to them i am just a cloud giant i sit in my castle in my towers and i read the stars i don't speak to the gods though sometimes they speak to me the titans however something else something primordial some exist still i suppose but many have fallen Due to their own greed, their own lust for power. How I'm bad do you want to fuck up a dragon, personally? I am not a fighter. Oh. <laughs> do you have friends that are cloud giants that want to fight dragons? Not particularly, I suppose. Uh, though giants and dragons don't always get along, it does not mean I wish to see all of their demise. Yeah, we don't always get along with them either, as you've heard. I, I am, uh, this is no fighter space. We are stargazers, all of us. Do you know where we could <laughs> maybe find and speak to a friendly, um, not irritable, metallic dragon? Uh, there are many metallic dragons here, none of which I'm acquainted with. They often see their own destinies and carve their own paths. They live longer than any of us, all of us combined, as a matter of fact. Uh, I, I could I could help you with questions of rituals, questions of stars. As far as building armies, as far as fighting battles, I'm not the one to ask. But I would like to ask you a question before you ask more of me. Sure. Who have you talked to if you are not from this plane? And what do you intend to gain from this place? We were originally sent out by the rulers of our city to seek the elemental stones because they believe there was a connection to this impending tear fall that we're trying to prevent. Um, and we're still, we are still on that path. We think the stones are important mostly because we know the dragons are seeking them, the chromatics for that purpose. Um, so we're trying to collect a set of our own partly to make it harder for them to find some and partly to have some power to fight back with. Um, but we don't necessarily trust those who sent us out, um, or much of anyone right now. <laughs> our goal is to save our plane to prevent the tear fall. One of them may actually be one of the dragons in question. Um, we're not sure. Who? So we're the one who disappeared. Mm. Oh, I can't think of his name. You know the one. He's, he's, he's either working with the dragons or he is. Or actually, uh, he's uh, Subrax. 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 Yeah. He used to bulldoze your mother. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, but our, our goal was... 50 episodes ago. <laughs> so our goal has been collecting the stones and bringing them back and trying to secure them as best we can with our big mortal energy. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think Arwell would remember better who we've spoken to precisely who's directed us to these places. Um, we've had I mean, good friends and good direction along the way. Some of them we've lost. it's always kind of... It's never like we were at the moment where we were we went to a different plane. We were never actively trying to go there at that that time. Yeah. Fate she seems says, to be pushing us places. Destiny energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For real. We've been sucked into some cosmic buttholes. So he's Isaac's has been our main But sadly he passed protecting us from A dragon. Uh, uh, <laughs> Asas, this uh, a green ancient dragon. green dragon. <laughs> Victories and defeats often line the road. I, if you feel what you are doing is right, 
Perhaps you should continue. Why do you think you should collect these stones? Just because someone has told you? Originally, yes. But as we've learned more about the Tearfall and what we believe the stone's importance is to that, we think it's going to be important for us to have that power. Yeah, and I'll remind you guys that the reason that the Council of Lords sent you after these elemental mm-hmm. stones is because when you saw the altar in the cave mm-hmm. under the ground, there it were places, yeah. for places for stones in these big dragon yeah. mouths, and you saw one being used actively. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and yeah, so we've seen that. We've seen one in use, and the yeah. more we learn, the more they seem to be very connected to this ritual, yeah. which is why I'm interested in what you may know of rituals. And I don't know the lifespan of your people, but you weren't around for the first tear fall, were you? Oh, no, the that first tear fall was... So. The resurrection of dragons, that was eons ago. Tell me what you know of elemental rituals. What have you learned in your travels? Didn't that guy Van that came and told me to come join up with you, uh, like, conjure a demon out of one of them and we, get some weird powers? Water, well, just he, using the earth stones. Earth elementals, what he yeah. Are there demons in all the stones? Just elementals, not demons. Yeah, like- they seem to be able to call elementals, but yeah. as far as the rituals, we don't know a lot, but I, I pull out, I flip to the page in my book, but what I wrote down from the tablets we saw mm-hmm. um, in the city we destroyed. <laughs> yeah, so the tablets of Ferisselnith, um, they For told you... <laughs> you know, I, I they, some stuff on my laptop. Yeah, they, they basically about this. <laughs> They basically told you all that uh, exactly how the tearfall happened. And why it happened and how you can stop it and that you would need an equal power to oppose whatever the dragons were doing. Right. Um, it told you the, the key to the only way to stop it once it had started was to find a power that was equal to so that you could cancel out the power that was causing it. Right. Elemental rituals are nothing to mess with. You'll need anchors to balance the energies. Uh, there will certainly be a, uh, an apex, a point of interest, a point of focus. It is important you do not disrupt it or end it, or the ritual can fly out of hand, rebound, and the effects, the consequences could be horrific, worse than the tearfall itself. If it's disrupted? That's right. Huh. Something like a... Uh... So we've got to prevent it from ever even beginning. Or you could take over the ritual itself, become anchors cause it to do something else. Is this... What do you mean by anchor? Uh, in any elemental ritual, you need anchors, people to direct the energies toward, to balance the ritual, to sing the hymns or chant the spell, whatever it may be. And if you have power equal to it, you could replace yourself as one of those anchors, take control of the ritual, steer it in the way you like. That said... An anchor is normally going to find itself unable to fight or aid its comrades. I wonder how many anchors would be required for this one. At least four. Mm. Probably. One for stone. So when we disrupted the ritual, we created that big old lightning dragon, right? Or like we Mm -hmm. just brought it. It was there to like investigate the hole in the element. The one that we Who escaped knows? from? We don't really know. What did um, well, our friend said something? Kind of what Patch has said about it. It sounded like it just, you know, is there to protect, sort of, oh, okay. the realm. I thought it sounded Maybe. like it came out of it as we were. Yenba said Maybe. something to us. Well, it was, it was saying, like, anytime that there was, there's, like, this massive elemental, you know. Disruption. Concussion. Disruption. Rift. Kind of, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. 
Gwen, have you ever performed a an elemental stone ritual? You mean using one as a point of power? Yeah, and, and specifically using more than one. I've only ever used one, and it was uh, to help Yinma's planet float. Oh. Would you imagine that each stone would need a, an anchor? I imagine it would, unless you feel confident enough in your ability to control two. Challenge accepted. <laughs> All four! <laughs> I call the ice one. <laughs> Would we just need a protector while the other four people stayed anchored? That's why. You know, honestly, if we were the anchors, the, I think the person best suited to fight a fucking dragon would be that metallic dragon we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Convince one or Your many. Giant friend. My giant friend would totally come help out because yeah. he fucking loves me. Um, campaign for some help. I'm totally into that. If we can convince a metallic dragon to come back with us and be like, look, dude, you could stop the end of the universe. Pretty big deal. Uh, You would totally get laid a lot more than you already do. I think just appealing to their lawful good nature. And honestly, if we're talking about, like, dragon's history, who better to talk to than a dragon? Fuck yeah. We should be talking. Mm -hmm. They'll know more about it than we would. Or anyone would. If we can get, like, one or... 50 to come back with us to the material plane and fight Yenitazasis, and we'll just hold the fort down. And uh, uh, Kravig, that's not him, my Uh, guy, Quatana. Quatana. Yeah. Um, He can just stand around and wave his big sword. He'd have a really big sword. He's going to have a really big sword. Yeah, big sword (laughs) energy. Uh, I think that's a pretty solid plan. Um, Gwen? Since you are a, since you make maps of the galaxies and all that, would you provide us with a map that can show us how to get to the metallic dragons, or do you know how to find them on a map? I can make you maps of when certain stars align, of when fortune will smile on you and when luck will abandon you. But true maps to dragons. Are not my specialty. But consider looking toward the skies and not in relying on others. Perhaps you just approach them as you have approached me. We just need to know where to find them. I wouldn't mind. Have our eyes open. (laughs) 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 Flash my snowflake beacon. I wouldn't mind a star map. Saying which days are more favorable. Yeah, yeah I'd take a lucky cool. star map. Is it only on this star. plane of existence, or are your star maps all over the universe? Multiverse. Yeah. It's not so physical a thing. The stars may align here for you. That doesn't mean they must somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The stars don't necessarily belong to this plane. It's a figure of speech. I have many, and I have one that I need to complete. And if you return to me when you were done with your work here, before you return home, I can certainly have one made for you. Sounds cool. good. Yeah. Um, Gwen, in Borealis, you or I think Inba was telling us that the dragons were very political. That being the capital city, do you think that would be the best option to maybe speak to some? Uh, there are golden dragons on council in Borealis. Well, Gwen, maybe. Don't do it. Do we need anything? I mean, do we need to say, speak to her anymore? Bye. I, I don't. And I mean, no. Um, oh. I'm usually pretty good. It's the, really uh, nice <laughs> to be your friend. Yeah, you Thank you for being our friend. We appreciate yeah. the information. 
Yes, I know that my telescope is fixed, and thank you again. You're very welcome. I have a map I must make for a noble client that is long overdue. I must get to work. What you noble client are you looking for? Is that privileged? It is privileged information, but uh, why do you ask? Nothing, I just wanted to know the politics here. A strange place. People are free, but at the same time, there are still traditions and rules. Uh, some factions don't speak to others. Some are forbidden from it, and gotcha. the war is few and far between. It's not unheard of. Gotcha. Do you know nobility around here? We've gotten in trouble before on our adventures, yeah. and we just want to make sure we're following customs when we can. You're not Any knowledge the song, is better. Like a lot of the other. Uh, Plans we've been to have immediately basically enslaved us, so. <laughs> a wise position to take, then. Uh, enslavement, not something to worry about on this plane. That's good. I don't usually get along with nobility. <laughs> not really my thing. Well, Gwen, yep. thank, thank you, you for your help. To speak with metallic dragons on our court, perhaps you make an exception. Well, metallic dragons probably aren't uh, pompous dicks. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they are. <laughs> You're going to want to let us do the talking. Hey, I'm we'll Patches. Are you an asshole? <laughs> yes or no? Did you just tell that blue dragon to shut the fuck up? <laughs> so good. What are you saying, guy? Oh, I just say, Gwen, we can't thank you enough for your help and your gracious gift of the uh, the giant mask. And uh, we will certainly stop by when we have approached the uh, the Cloud City. And uh, we'll see you in a bit. Yes, as soon as I finish this star map, I will begin my work on yours. You're the best yes, of the best. Yes, out, Girl Scout. And then I... She's like... <laughs> Pat my griffin on its little testicles. You, you run out and you jump on your griffin and you're just like, Come, Brent. Brent one, Brent two, Brent three, Brent four. Which one am I killing? <laughs> Let's go to the prison. Yeah. yeah the prison. We're calling it the prison. Okay. Uh, you all were told the direction that you needed to fly in. Are you going to, are you all ready to take that journey? Yes. yes. So. Dang, everybody. Very enthusiastic. So we're going to go to the Citadel, then we're going to go to Borealis. the city, and then we're going to come back and see Gwen one more time, Start and, and then, then we're going to try to get the fuck out of here. Uh -huh. Or, and then hopefully at some point, see a dragon. Yep. And get a stone. We and need a stone. A stone. <laughs> that, did someone write down the checklist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll write it. Yeah, we yeah. basically go. <laughs> and then we leave. Yeah. Bye. Right, we'll we'll we're the we're the and we definitely <laughs> trippy as Citadel. fuck. City. Borealis. Oh, Citadel City. Gwen. Um, um, come back to Gwen. One month. Back to Gwen. Get stone. Get stone. Oh, that's not what I thought you said. Meet. I was excited about Meet that. Dragon. Metallic dragon. Meet yeah. dragon. Go home. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> Call it a fucking day. Um, Scrapbook. And we do need to make this quick because we don't know how long has been happening at back home. Oh, that's right. It could already be a month. Like, oh, time shit. moves. Yeah. yeah. Differently in one way or the other. As quickly oh, as we can. Yeah, we don't know how long. Oh, yeah. Oh my At least so, we won't have to get out of enslavement, maybe? With, with this <laughs> journey being be two days. Maybe the drow have been enslaved. You were told it was two days. to camp in the midst of those, or are we just going to fly some griffins to death? Are you asking Gwen? Yeah. She says... Is there a waypoint? The, 
even my castle is considered uh, an anomaly on this plane. Uh, Yinba only lives close to me because we worked on his home together. Places to land will be few and far between. And nothing can, doesn't have to be flapping the whole time, you know? Like you can be like, go yeah, forward. Yeah, 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 you can literally just like sit regular and just will it forward and be like, when it needs a rest. <laughs> okay. So they don't need like to stop and eat or rest or um, they eat will. mundane things. They will, but like, you know, they have satchels on their sides, and that's not something I like to worry about in the campaign. Okay. It's like, unless you're in like some tumultuous situation, uh-huh. like Yinba would have given you food for griffins and you would have food for yourselves. Like you wouldn't be like, fucking, oh, we forgot we had to eat. Oh man, rations. <laughs> oh, eat these motherfucking yeah. grains, Griffin. It's dumb. So Man, uh, remember that hamburger we had at Yinba's mm, house? Mm, mm, Should have saved half because I'm dying. That was a good ship. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it will take two days. You know it will take two days okay. to get to this place. All right. I think I'm ready. And since we're riding comfortably on Griffins, I'm going to do some uh, some riding. I've got the mm-hmm. magic quill I'm sure. Out. I'm, I'm going to wait on Arwell because I'm sure quill. he will be excited to hear you have two days of free time. Yeah, he's got <laughs> lots to do. I just tie myself to the Griffin. I'm like... <sighs> Dude, you're like, like laughing. But, well, <laughs> you imagine Callista's like some side saddle. Like, <laughs> <you're> like, oh. <laughs> two days of study? Oh! Did somebody say two days Studying of and riding? So Calista's like side saddle with her hair streaming behind her. Yeah. She's dictating to the magic quill while playing her lute. Oh, I love <laughs> that. I love this. I love this vision of you all flying and like these luminescent rainbows up in these giant clouds are forming and they're like rain is falling and you fly through thunderstorms and you see the borealis above you all in the night and the stars above that and you see this over the course of two days. Just all these wonderful, beautiful sights. Like what does happen? if we just stay here and say, fuck the material plane. Probably yeah, you'd just be happy bit. forever. Yeah, right? Oh, Sounds good to me. I love it. Chill out with these five griffins and your two new best friends who are super trippy and weird. Can I like, oh, he's like leaning back like a cholo and with a slow nod the whole time. <laughs> yeah, the whole time. Like a slow <laughs> song's playing and you're like, if everything's <laughs> fucked, we should just come back here. Agreed. Yeah, if it goes wrong, we should just use the stones to come back here. Yeah, <laughs> And retire where we could just fly everywhere. Uh, I've tied myself to the griffin and, and slipped underneath it and its balls are just flapping all in my face. <laughs> but you're asleep? Yeah, I'm sleeping. Yeah. If I pray to Orrell, like... In like I I don't know this is in my head canon this mm-hmm. is how it goes like all of the like water and in the moisture in the air starts to like freeze around me and sure. like, little yeah for sure as long as it's like a, some crazy dangerous spell I love little flavors no no like no that. I yeah. just like I'm just yeah, like praying to a rail and like yeah everyone so as you go through these clouds everyone gets these jet streams behind these wings these big brilliant colorful beautiful wings on these griffins and you like constantly pop through clouds and you're constantly moving across this place and it's hard to tell how much ground you've actually made as you're flying across this because there's no continent beneath you mm-hmm. like showing you how Nothing far you've gone and it it does like the beauty never fades in this place though and it always seems to be changing and as you were doing it you all get these jet streams as you pass through clouds but Adelaide seems to get these different ones they are like much more brilliant and prominent and pronounced behind her but as you were flying you get about two days out and as you were flying you just see the strangest thing, like a fucking meteorite just right in front of you all, and it just continues falling, like quickly past all of you as you were flying on these griffins. Two of them, like, pull quickly, um, and I'm going to say probably Arwell's in the back and Calista's in the back because they're doing their own shit, mm-hmm. and since Guy is sleeping the whole time, I'll say you two are in the front and need yeah, to make dexterity fine. saving throws as your griffins pull quickly to a stop. Okay, uh, 
Yikes. Come Dexterity. on, Dex. Unless a fucking meteor wakes oh, me up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's a 10. Oh. No, yeah, you're fine. Oh, oof. What's just Patches? I slip around. Hey, so yeah. Patches is Patches sees you actually look up and you see it. You're like, oh fuck, and you pull back quick and you see Adelaide's like squaw! <laughs> like almost hit it like fly up. Hold not by like one leg. It looks like uh, and maybe it's through your prayer or something, Adelaide, but you see this huge ice crystalline form just pass in front of you. It looks like this giant ice meteor Ooh. and it just shoots in front of you. And when I say giant, I don't mean it's bigger than you guys and your griffins. It is like the size of a city. Like it's it, enormous. It is huge. And it just right in front of you. And it just continues to fall down beneath you. Cool. You're going to like it there. There? Hell. I'm pretty sure that's what we're looking for. Uh, the fortress of ice and what? Steel. Uh, steel. Yeah. Uh, so Callista noticing this go by and all the commotion is like, oh shit, that's it. Yeah. Steers down yeah. as hard as she so can. So you all just see Callista like patches stops like really casually and he still he stops and he's like <laughs> just cholo up on top of this fucking griffin, just like waving his head. And then you all see Callista just yeah. go into a nosedive. I'm like, come on guys, thing. that's it. I follow her. You said we had two days. Uh, uh. Follow. Two days. Yes. So eight hours of study each day. If you think your stamina is good enough. Yeah, easy. Okay, so sixteen total. Easy. That's, Do pretty, I that's a pretty healthy chunk of study in there. Sixteen. Wow, what a cool DM. Yeah, it's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> Do I wake up when I hear all the com- commotion? Yeah, you're like squaw, and then you're close to like dive, and she dives and patches is just like, and I'm like, balls <laughs> and I'm totally. That's it. That's it. Um, I'm still like hanging on my one leg. <laughs> Get back on your Griffin, Adelaide. Are you all diving after this yeah. thing? Yeah. Totally. Okay, so you all are in a nose diving after this thing. And what is crazy is you are not catching up to it. And you all chase it probably for 10 or 20 minutes. And it's falling perfectly as fast as you all are. And all of a sudden, it is just getting bigger. And it looks like it is rocketing back toward <gasps> all of you. Uh oh. We die. Switch direction. Switch direction. <laughs> what do you guys want to do? Switch direction. Yeah, switch. Go with it. Okay, so you're gonna fly up the way that it's flying. So yeah, so I like we're obviously we're not gonna be able to move as fast as this thing, mm-hmm. but if we're going in that direction as mm-hmm. fast as the Griffin can go, and slow can down, they, like yeah, you know, as like land on it as it's. Coming you can up. try. Are you gonna try to jump off of the Griffin and onto this no, thing? No, Griffin to land on it. Okay, hell yeah. Yeah, as soon as I'm within 500 feet of it, I'm gonna. Into it. into it. Yeah, and so as this thing is hurtling back up and toward you, it looks like it's this opalescent giant ice crystal fortress. And as it is coming back up and it's not blurring past you in that panic, you can see that there are openings in it. They're very on purpose. And it looks like you could actually land in those. And they're big. They're not like, you don't have to thread the needle to get into this thing. But you can absolutely see them. And Callista's getting ready and Patches is getting ready to and land I'm his griffin. And I'm whispering to my griffin to be ready. Yeah. I'm taking it with me. Are you willing? Because it's my other willing creature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, sweetie, this is just going to take a second. Be willing. So Patches, you're going to try and land your griffin in or on this thing. Yes. Both? Whichever's best? Uh, well, I mean, yes, exactly. I mean, like, I'm in, right. hopefully. Right. But if not in, maybe at least on. Okay, great. <laughs> um, same? Same. Jonathan? Same. Okay, Arwell? All right, so everyone's doing it, and Callista, just as soon as this thing comes up, you're all getting ready. You're getting that adrenaline pumping. You're getting ready to do it. You're psyching yourselves up, and Callista's like... <laughs> yeah. Bye. She's just gone. And then you see, you see a, a bright flash. What color is your magic? Is it blue? Arbles yeah, is blue. It's, it sort of depends, but it's usually blue. Okay, so you see this blue white light, and then you see the same thing like way deep inside of this thing. 
Uh, I'll describe what you're seeing if mm-hmm. everybody else manages to get there. Uh, so everyone else needs to roll animal handling for me. Oh, yeah. Animal handling. Handle those Whoa. animals. Whoa. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. What's animal handling? Four. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Twelve. Yep. Twelve of four. Fourteen. Fourteen. <laughs> And, six. ooh, a six. So, Patches and Guy, you were able to, as this thing goes, you time it perfectly, and you just, and though your griffin, like, hits the ground as this thing is going up, once you're inside of it, you're free-falling with it. And so, the gravity in this place is affecting you as if you were just standing on solid ground on the material plane once you're inside. And after that initial jerk, uh, you see Callista far in the distance, and you see many bodies in black garb, completely black garb, looking at her. And one in particular is stepping out toward you. And you see all these strange little halls in this place that you you've gone into and all these corridors that lead away from it but there are all of these men and women and children they're wearing this thick leather garb that has these thick furs all around it and one in particular steps out to you his face is simple but it is gaunt and it looks very serious and his eyes they bulge just a little and his hair is not slicked over to one side it very gracefully flows over to one side and he has this mantle of feathers dark feathers that limp down and around him all the way around his neck and he steps out to you and he draws his sword and he's just looking right at you mm-hmm. uh patches and guy you can see this happening um adelaide and arwell your griffins they just basically slam right into the fucking side of this thing and you're both going to take three bludgeoning damage and your griffins are going to take four bludgeoning damage Aww. uh you guys want to give that another go Griffin damage. Oh, wait, what did we slam into? The side of it. You, like, didn't get right okay. into it. You didn't land. Um, so, like, the speed oh, of this, well, like, did, and it is passing you I did damage, so I'm just going to use Misty Escape and pop up. Oh, to- so Adelaide's like, <laughs> fuck! <laughs> Pops in. Your Griffin doesn't go with you, though, right? Uh... You take the creature with you? No, I think I just turn invisible and teleport 60 feet to an unoccupied space. Bye, you, know, bye, you just leave the Griffin? Bye. Does he need me? I feel like he's probably better at this than I am. But you might need to get back. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could double up on one, I could one of us. Flash a red, right? That's true. But maybe, or you can just ride with me. Well, don't. Yeah, flash a red. Try to get him back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so you're in. You're like, and you're invisible, yeah. and you teleported inside. No one sees it. It's not like a spectacle. You're just in there and invisible, like. Uh, right. Yeah. All right, and Arwell, you're you you've been um, out, left out here. Two of your friends teleported. Two of them are um, flew gracefully inside. Yeah. Um, I'm going to. Kind of like rub behind my griffin's neck and be like, um, "What the? Fuck? I'm gonna just. Well, I'm gonna roll my. Do fucking better this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be like, we've got this, and I'm going to touch in one of my portents, and I'm gonna roll fifteen. Okay. Yeah, with that fifteen, you get right in there. You, you know exactly when to go. You're not waiting. You're not trying to calibrate it. You're just like now, and you feel it, and you just right into this place. And as your griffin lands. Calissa, this sword is pointed right at you. It is this gleaming, beautiful metal, whatever is on this. And this man is looking right at you. Mm-hmm. And his eyes are cold and they are locked on you. And Arwell comes sliding in, his griffin's talons like digging into this ice. Even the floor underneath you is ice. This whole place seems to be carved out, carved out of ice with a little bit of wood and stone. Uh, but there are like walls made of this and corridors. And there are men and women and children standing on all of it, all in the same black garb. The biggest difference is the man in front of you, instead of furs, he has feathers hanging out of his. And he has feathers around his sword hilt. And he has feathers around his sleeves. And he points his sword toward you and says, And who said you could come here? 
First of all, I respect his fashion choices with the feathers. I think he looks fabulous. You sure yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 just <handful> <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hi. He's like, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I am. Um, I'm still on the Griffin. Since he's pointing a sword at me, I'm not going to hop down. But yeah, I'm you're gonna, sitting mounted yeah. on this Griffin, mm-hmm. and you can see your Griffin like looking quickly at him and yeah. looking back to you. And so I have my hands up, but not in a way of like, oh, I'm scared. I surrender. You're like, but just easy. to display yeah. the lack of weapons or threat. Yeah. And I tell him that, oh, what's the guy's name? Yenba? Yeah, I tell him that Yenba told us this would be a good place to come test to train, merit, yeah. to test our merit, and to prepare um, to be above, to have better skills than those who were dealing with the crisis back on our home plane. We want to train here. And he says, Yenba sent you here to train? He, he didn't send us. He suggested, he told us of the place and that it might be a place where we could come and fight and learn. I strut up with my big dick energy and my Griffin looking, uh, big destiny energy, <laughs> and I, I pull Babe the Big Blue Axe out and I go, I've come to test my steel. Uh, yeah. And so you're, you're saying like you're challenging this person. Or just. Challenge whoever, wherever. Yeah, and you see, you see, he sheathes this weapon, and he looks confident. He does not, even with your axe out, and even with her, he's very casual. He's not looking over his shoulder to see if anything's going to happen. He's looking at all of you. Uh, Arwell's like just sort of scraping in here, and you all are standing here on your griffins. Uh, Adelaide is nowhere to be seen by anyone. <laughs> and as he sheathes this, you see his feathers. They are like lying down and on his shoulders, and he's like. Surely, if Yenba sent you, he told you offense. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned he knew someone here, yes. Did he mention that you would be fighting him? He did not. Well, that's because he probably had no idea. And if he did send you, and if you did come all this way, I'm sure, and he looks at you from the side of his eyes, that you wouldn't mind fighting the man himself. We were told we would yeah. be tested. We're prepared. We're and getting used to this everywhere we go. Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> yeah, and he says, he says, then one of you will fight me. Hmm. Can um, I pop up then? And yeah. just be like, <laughs> he's I like, just have my giant... Yeah, you see him for a second, like, what the fuck? And no, then he, like, have, regains his composure. I have my battle axe in my hand, my exactly. magical battle axe, and I just, like, put it in both my hands and, like, flex my muscles, and I'm like, did someone say fight? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Babe the Big Blue Axe is out, and your uh, packed weapon is out. Oh, I'm charging up my glove. Arwell's charging <laughs> up his glove, and Vince and says... And is just standing like, with her hands behind her back. Bitch, I have a bow, and you can't catch me. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I just out loud says, bitch, I have a bow, and you can't catch me. Is he still like Cholo? And as this happens, you hear this roar, this cheer rise up from these people on the rafters. And he says... Oh, you're going to fit in fine. <laughs> and then he holds his hand up like this. He pulls a sword, and then he holds four fingers up. And as he holds four fingers up, you see, like, four people get pushed out of this crowd up and toward him. And they are walking, and they were not forced onto this. They do not look nervous. They look excited that they were chosen. And as they come up, you see this, you see one woman. She comes up, and she's wearing this. She does have black armor on just like him, but, like, black bandages around her chest and then black leather pants. And as she is walking up, she pulls this hammer out off of her back and puts it in her hand and she feels that cold steel in it and you can see this like cool like she's smiling and looking at everyone but as she looks to you you just see this still gaze 
settle in. And she's just looking out to all of you. You see a small child, a little girl, walk out. And she has a bow in one hand and a quiver of arrows in the other. And she just, like, walks out and looks back to everyone. And you see a couple of people, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And she, like, goes to get an arrow and she, like, waves it to everyone. And they're all just cheering for the three of these people. And then there's this one hulking man who walks out completely covered in black. And as he walks out, he pulls this sword from his side. The scabbard of it almost touches the ground beneath his feet. And as he pulls it out, his hand goes far above his head. And when that blade hits the ground... It cuts into the ice, and you hear this roar rise in the audience. And then very gingerly and carefully, you see another woman walk out. She has all of this black on, but one red lock of hair is just falling down beneath it. People don't cheer for her, and she does not look back to them or make a spectacle like everyone else. She keeps her hands clasped, and she stands beside all of them. Cool D&D party. And as this, as this Tina, man, is that you? As, as this, as this, <laughs> as, this um, as this man has his sword pointed to all of you, he says, "I am Vince, and you will prove yourselves to me." And we'll end episode fifty-four right here. Oh, I want to fight. Yeah, I want, but I want to fight. I was ready. Callista was going to very dramatically pull out her loot and confuse everyone. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> Dice envy. That's right. If between you guys and them, you're sort of like our hero. And so you should definitely be joining forces with them. And you can do so by heading over to DiceEnvy.com. They just got a load of new dice that you should definitely go check out. My personal favorites are the confetti dice. Imagine if somebody took confetti cake icing and they turned it into a dice, but it looked even more tasty. That's right. And you can get 10% off of any of those new dice or old ones that you fall in love with by entering the code HITDICEPOD at checkout. They've got little tiny metal dice. They've got big mommy and daddy metal dice. They've got the new confetti dice and wooden dice and just all kinds of really awesome stuff. So head over there and maybe pick up a subscription box while you're at it. Again, that's DiceEnvy.com. You can get 10% off by entering the code HITDICEPOD at checkout. Hey, as long as you have AOL 5.0 pulled up, head over to hitdicepod.com. We have the story so far. We're starting to shorten our recaps in the podcast just because so much has happened. And when I'm thinking back on it, it's just crazy to think about how far we've come, where the heroes started and where we are now and everything sort of coming to this big cataclysmic uh, climax. And ha! (laughs) You can review the story and see maybe some details that you forgot or just reflect and Soak in all of that delicious, delightful nostalgia. There's also fan art, and there's some really cool products that we've made ourselves. You can support us directly by buying any of those. There's an adventure that I wrote, the players play tested, and Nina designed. It's super kick-ass, period. If you haven't checked it out, you should at least give it a look. It's only four freaking dollars, and there's a couple of other things on there you might find of interest, too. And the last thing that you can do while you have your Netscape window pulled up is to head over to any of our social medias. We're super active on them. Hey, we're even hyper active on them. But there's pictures of all of our beautiful faces on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is HitDicePod. Again, we couldn't do this without you all, so I just wanted to take a moment not to do a silly little outro, even though we can all, I think, agree that they are of the highest quality and perfectly written, and none of us ever get tired of all those NPC voices that I do in them. Uh, To tell you genuinely with my own voice that we really appreciate you. We couldn't do this without you. And if you're enjoying this podcast as much as we are enjoying your company, take a moment to leave a five-star review in your podcast provider. I know you'll be there to join us. I'll catch you next week, adventurers. 